You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. But we begin um, our mental health series. It's something we do every October. No real reason why we picked October other than People are back in school and in the groove and everyone's here for the most part because we feel like a series like this is important for all of Calvary to hear and to know what we believe, what we teach, um, how we approach this subject with people. It's important to us that you hear this from us. And so for the past uh, few years, um, we've been doing this. We've been using uh, different resources And um, it's simply because at TCC, we believe that our creator made us body, soul, and spirit. He made us, um, he cares about every part of who we are because he made us as we are. And the Bible goes so far as to tell us that we can cast every care upon him for he careth for us. Every care, whatever the need is in our life, the Lord cares about it. He knows about it. And he wants to provide the answer for it. Amen. And so Jesus' death on the cross was not just about stripes that heal our physical infirmities. I want you to know that we believe that the stripes Jesus took on his back and the blood that he shed is for any kind of healing that you and I would ever need. Whether it's emotional healing or physical healing, or healing in our minds, Jesus paid for it all. That's what we talked about when we studied the tabernacle plan. And so I'm going to stick to my notes here for a minute because there's a lot of things I want to say quickly and I want to say very clearly to you tonight. But at TCC, we acknowledge that the mind can be sick just like any other part of the body. It is no different. And at TCC, we believe that God's word speaks to every part of who we are, that it tells us what God wants for our lives, and that God's word is the first place we should turn for any problem that we have, any crisis that we find ourselves in. The word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light into our path, no matter where the darkness comes from, even if it comes from our own minds, even if it comes from the mind of someone else. Amen. And so at TCC, we acknowledge that Christians can suffer mental health issues and that there is no shame in that. That some of these issues that Christians face require more than just a trip to the altar, require more than just a faith-based book, a self-help book, if you will. Some of the things that we face, even as members of God's church, go beyond the support that a life group can offer, or even our pastoral team can offer you. And that is why we have carefully and prayerfully vetted different resources here locally, different Christian counseling options, so that we know who to send people to when we feel like we have reached the extent of our ability to help. We are not licensed counselors. Tom and I are not. And I know that um, some of you have turned to us and we're thankful for that. And I understand that we're free. 
I get it. It's not that we're that smart. We're just here, and we're free. I'm teasing, sort of. But we're not counselors, and we're not called to be, to be honest. And we're blessed here with an amazing pastoral team of people, different walks of life, different life experience, different callings and giftedness. We, we have wonderful leaders here who are equipped in many ways. But there are times when the things that we deal with within our congregation are beyond our understanding and they're beyond our skill to help you. And so it is then that we offer these options, and I want you to know that. That's not something that we hide. And so with that being said, I want you to know that if you or someone that you love needs help in these ways, I encourage you to listen to them, to love them, to pray for them. And if it is merited, if it's necessary, find them a Christian counselor. Find them a faith-based program. If it's something like Grief Share, that will help them, give them an opportunity to find a safe place, to find the hope that Jesus offers to them, and to find the healing that he died to make possible for them. Amen. And I'm so thankful that since uh, we had our last mental health series last October, TCC now offers a faith-based program like that called Celebrate Recovery that meets every Thursday night. And it is a a national program. In fact, um, we had just a major answer to prayer in recent weeks in that we um, are now a part of their network. And so when people go to Celebrate Recovery's website and they put in a zip code to find a group, TCC will come up. Isn't that awesome? Amen. I think we should thank God for that. Because the only resource we ever had, we lost in Dr. Lonnie Lewis, and he's been gone a long time. And it's something that Tom and I have felt the weight of and the burden of and and prayed for years for God to give us people to uh, lead a ministry like this. And he has answered that prayer through Tammy Lane. Tammy, would you wave your hand just in case people don't know who you are? Sister Tammy Lane is the point of the spear for this ministry and made it happen here at TCC, and I thank you for that, Tammy. can't think of anything more worthwhile or more important for Calvary to offer our community than hope like this. And Sean Hickey, is he in here? I do not see him. But he, he's, he's in Hawaii. Well, good for him. His mental health is great. He had the mind of God. He was like, you know what? Kristen's talking about it. I'm going to Hawaii, and I'll be fine. But... Brother Sean Hickey is another wonderful resource. And so if that is something that you know of somebody who who is looking for a program like that, it's much more than just um, treatment for uh, recovery from addiction, but any kind of hurt, any kind of habit that people are trying to overcome as they live, trying to live their lives according to the Word of God, Celebrate Recovery creates a forum teaching you things out of the Word of God to help you overcome things that have set you back, even in your walk with God. And people can walk in here at 6.30 on Thursdays, right, Tammy? And um, we have business cards if you want some to just keep in your pocket if you're in conversation. But anyway, I want you to know the extent of what Calvary is able to offer now because I'm very, very thankful about it. So 
If you can't tell, I'm very passionate about this subject. There's not too many subjects I present to you that I'm not passionate about in one way or another. But um, in my short tenure as pastor and the 20 years that I've been in full-time ministry, I'm just more and more convinced that this is something the church has got to speak to. We can't be afraid of it. We can't be intimidated by it because if we really believe that Jesus is the answer, then he's the answer to everything. And just because it doesn't happen in a moment or in a year doesn't mean that he's not still the answer. And the church still has something to offer people who are hurting. And so just a couple weeks ago, um, this hit home close again in the United Pentecostal Church International. There was a young woman whose story is very similar to mine, married to a preacher with young children, a youth president's wife, and she took her life because it was too much to bear. And that's a very sobering reality, and I know it's heavy in here. I knew it would be. I'm not going to be afraid or intimidated by it because the Lord cares. It matters to God that we suffer in these ways, and it doesn't matter if you hold an office. And it doesn't matter if you stand behind a pulpit. All of us have weakness and stand in need of the grace of God and the healing of God in our lives. And to be truthful, this is part of my personal testimony. I know what it's like to be hurt. I know what it's like to not know what to do in a situation I grew up In the church, I grew up in a pastor's home, but I had some things happen in my life a few years ago that were completely outside of my control that left me spiritually and emotionally paralyzed. For the first time in my life, I did not know what the right thing to do was. I did not know what God expected of me, and I did not know how to move forward with my life. And so I had to humble myself, and I had to ask for help. And God gave me a wonderful woman of God, a Christian licensed counselor that took me by the hand and said, Christian, you can do this, and God's word is going to help you do it. And so I stand before you as a testimony to say, I know what it's like to be vulnerable. I know what it's like to be hurting to pour out your heart to a stranger and sit on a couch with a box of tissues. I've done it, and I will continue to do it as long as I need to do it. For my family's sake, for my soul's sake, for my sanity's sake, and for my church's sake. And so there's a right way to do it. And there are answers that we can receive. And I think if we're honest, this issue of mental health is a lot closer to some of us than it ever has been thanks to 2020 and beyond. Isolation took a number, put, put something on us that we had never experienced before, right? Anxiety, depression, tension all around us, the world is a very different place than it was two years ago. But Jesus said, that that's what it would be like in the last days. And we are living in the last days. Jesus said there would be a time when men's hearts would fail them for fear. And if that doesn't describe the last two years, I don't know. 
But what Jesus also said was, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. He's talking to his disciples right now. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And so there is nothing that you and I will face, whether it is through our own wrongdoing or situations that have been imposed upon us. There is nothing that we will face that Jesus has not paid for the healing of and he himself has not overcome already for us. Amen. And so last month we talked about God's plan for us in the context of the tabernacle plan. But this month, we're going to look at one of the ways I believe God shows us, uh, or the Bible shows us, God's concern and provision for us in this specific area of mental health that we're addressing tonight by studying the principle of the Sabbath. Everybody heard of the Sabbath? You watch The Chosen, anybody? Shabbat Shalom. I love when they say that. I just love that. In the first episode, when Jesus comes to Mary's house for the Sabbath, oh my word, my mind was blown. I just loved it so much. But we are going to talk about Shabbat. And our series title comes from this wonderful book that I highly recommend to anybody by Robert Morris. Is anybody familiar with Robert Morris? He's an incredible leader, pastor, Bible teacher, um, author of wonderful uh, Christian books. And it's called Take the Day Off. And the subtitle of the book is Receiving God's Gift of Rest. And so I'm going to just go ahead and tell you in case you're kind of thinking, why are we still in the Old Testament, Kristen? Why are we stuck here? We're not stuck here. God put us here because in a series of conversations that we had planning 2021's uh, series back in 2020, All of this just kind of lined up. We're not that clever, but God is. And so here we are, still in the Old Testament and how it relates to us as New Testament believers. But I said all that to say that when we studied the feast back in uh, the winter, we talked about the three seasons. Do you remember? And we talked about how through those three seasons of Passover, Pentecost, and the season of Tabernacles, that God was teaching his people that he was their peace. And so that meant the world couldn't take away their peace because he was their peace. That he was their power. That's what Pentecost was about, right? And so the world can't take away the power that God has given to us. And finally, the season of tabernacles was about God's rest. That God was literally telling the children of Israel, I am your rest. I want you to rest. I want you to have power. I want you to be at peace. And I am going to be all those things to you. And so, in that final season, the idea of rest for the children of Israel was more than a holiday. And it was more than just an ideal, like, I hope you get to this someday. But it was, in fact, a commandment. And this commandment made it into God's top ten list in Exodus chapter 20. For the first time, when God wrote down his word, he included this idea of the Sabbath, making it a commandment. And let's look at it together in its full context. So we are going to read Exodus 20, verses 1 through 17. All the Ten Commandments, we're going to read them, okay? And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God. 
who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water underneath the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Verse 8, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son nor your daughter nor your male servant nor your female servant nor your cattle nor your stranger who is in who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord Blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. You shall not covet your your neighbor's, uh, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. And so I read this to you very intentionally. In its original context, because the first three commandments of the ten address how God's people were to relate to God. And then the last three addressed how they were to relate to one another. And yet in the middle, there's one commandment that stands on its own, and that is verse 8 And Robert Morse makes this statement in eight simple words. This commandment speaks to how the individual is to relate to God, to self, and to creation. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. In God's plan, there was something to this commandment that was key to Israel's success as a people. It was so important to God, in fact, that if you study this, there were severe, extreme consequences for violating the Sabbath. Read about it. I encourage you. It's slightly terrifying, but the Reader's Digest version is that if you were working, if you were gathering sticks, I'm not making this up. This actually happened on the Sabbath day. It was punishable by death. That's how seriously God took it. And so contrary to what we believe, this principle is actually throughout the Bible. And as we study this, I think you'll realize, oh my word, it's everywhere in the Bible. In fact, Hebrews talks about it quite a bit to make sure that we know that rest is still a big deal to God. Let us read Hebrews chapter 4 as we hasten to our apt time. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, whose rest? God's rest. Let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. I want you to remember that in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest as he has said. So I'm going to skip down now to verse 6. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, And those to whom it was first preached 
did not enter because of disobedience. Verse 9, there remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. So this is not an idea that is stuck in the Old Testament in the book of Exodus on the Ten Commandments. No, no. Hebrews says there's still a rest that the people of God have yet to enter. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. And so almost prophetically, Hebrews tells us there is a rest that is still available for the people of God. A rest the people of God have yet to receive. A rest that they have yet to enter. And I doubt the writer could have imagined a world as fast-paced as ours. Activity, school, church, work, constant emails, text messages. Most of our days, if we're honest, are as full as we can get them. Yours truly is included in that. We leave no time for nothing. Like we live our lives like nothing is not an option. Our calendars are added to every day sometimes. And it took a worldwide pandemic to see us actually delete something from our calendar. This is a very extreme situation, you guys. Our American culture knows nothing of margin. Free time. Time that is just blank. We don't understand this. Let alone thinking about resting. And the truth is we live in a society that glorifies busyness and exhaustion. That is sick. I mean, just saying that. It's so demented. But I suppose it's like everything else. The world is so far away from what God wants us to have and to be and to do and to not do that this idea of rest is just like everything else. We are so far off from where God wants us to be. And if you don't believe me, the statistics are especially heavy. In five of the six leading causes of death, stress is a factor. According to a recent article in the Huffington Post, 75 to 90% of all doctor visits are for stress-related issues. Yikes. This lack of margin is not just hurting our bodies, but it's also hurting our minds, our emotions, and I believe most importantly, our relationships. And so do the research if you want, but I would guess that within your own circle, you have enough evidence to believe that as a culture, we are chronically underrested. We are sleep deprived. And if you're not sleep deprived, you know somebody that you know is bordering on crazy because they are sleep deprived. I'm just saying, that was one of my revelations when I had Emma and I had a new baby for the first time. There is a reason why sleep deprivation is a form of torture. It, it was like this revelation. I got it for the first time. Like, you cannot make it without sleep, because that's how God intended it. But this presents a mental and physical health crisis that illustrates this statement that I want to share with you quickly by G.K. Chesterton. We cannot break the commandments. We can only break ourselves against the commandments. And these statistics prove that we are breaking ourselves 
with busyness. We're breaking our bodies and we're breaking our minds. And so why do we do it? It seems so obvious. It seems so out of balance. We see it. It's pretty easy for us to admit it. And there are many reasons why this is so, but for simplicity's sake, for GU, I want to present to you the reason that we read about in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. That honoring the principle of the Sabbath requires faith from us. The same kind of faith that sees you tithe 10% and give offerings. The same faith it takes to live on 90% or less of your income is the same faith it takes that says, God, I am going to have a day of rest. I'm going to take six out of seven days to work. And then I'm going to rest because God, you are enough. Just like you are enough with my finances. God is saying, I am enough when it comes to your energy and your calendar and your work and all the tasks you need to do. Because Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. And so you either trust God or you trust yourself. And that's the tension we feel in this idea of giving and the principle of the Sabbath. And so tonight, I have a handout for you. Brother Steve is going to help us. And app time is going to be a little bit different, a little more interactive. Don't be afraid. It's going to be great. And so on this, <laughs> Sister Teresa's flying around, um, on this handout are four tanks, all right? Spiritual, physical, emotional, and mental. These tanks, if you will, represent specific areas of your life where you give your energy, you give your time and effort to other things and other people, even if it's just your job. And so we're going to look at these tanks as reservoirs, if you will, because we understand that we cannot give in these areas until we're empty or we're going to get hurt. Somebody's going to get hurt in the process. Okay? And so we're going to take a few minutes to consider how do you and I refill our tanks of energy, of passion, of strength, even if it's just rest for our bodies, for our minds. I want you to think of things that you enjoy or things that you know, you know what, when I do this, I feel strengthened. I feel better. Maybe it's just going for a walk under that physical category, whatever it is. I want you to think about it critically. Hopefully in thinking about it, maybe we see some gaps. Maybe we see some areas where we need to rest more. We need to be refilled. We need to be helped. So what we're going to do is we're going to do this on our own. And I would like if you have a pen, we're going to take about three minutes. I want you to write some things down, okay? I know, class is in session, and I'm not sorry. This is a very good way for us to begin this series, okay? So then, get ready for this. Whichever tank you feel like you neglect most when you're done, we're going to talk about it with our neighbor for a few minutes, okay? It's about to get real up in here. All right, and I'm going to go down and I'm going to do this too because I need this as much as anybody does.
I'll let you conclude your discussion here. And then when you're ready, I'll ask you to stand with me and we're going to conclude this installment. We have two more lessons, and so I want to assure you, I have a lot to share with you, specifically out of the Word of God, that I think is really going to drive this home for some of us in a way that maybe we haven't heard presented before or we haven't heard um, in this very personal context because, you know, the reality is most of us feel like, well, who has time to rest? Like, what is that? That's not even possible, which I have said for a long time. (laughs) So full disclosure, physician, heal thyself. I am on the altar first, and God is working me over with all of this. But the truth is we cannot make time. We cannot save time. We are just stewards of time. Just like our giving. I'm telling you, there's a lot of parallels here between giving and and this stewardship of our time and rest. And so God sees this for us as a stewardship issue. And next week, we're going to talk about how the Sabbath is for us. It is not for God. When God rested, it wasn't because he was tired. He was setting a very clear example for you and I that a six-day work week is more than enough in his plan for us. And so the better question for us is this. Why would we revere and teach the other nine commandments and break this one? That is so convicting. I cannot get over it. I'm almost done with the book, and I just cannot get over. How can I justify that? Adultery. (gasps) Murder. Oh, God. Sabbath. God doesn't feel that way about it, people. And so it's up to us to figure it out. And Robert Morris actually says there's no logical or biblical reason (laughs) to ignore one commandment and stay true to the other nine. Defies logic, and it's not biblical. And so we got to figure this out. But Hebrews chapter 4 gives us a stern warning about this rest that the people have God, of God have yet to enter into. And he says, do not harden your heart. And I think that's part of the issue. It's a lack of faith, and it's the hardness of our hearts that says it's not possible, and so just forget it, God. And yet there's this gift of rest waiting for us. And so I would just encourage you, wherever you are on the spectrum, maybe this is not an issue for you. Maybe this is something that you just feel like, I don't even understand it completely in a modern context. All of us have something to gain because God's gift of rest is for all of us. And it is a rest that is beyond sleeping And I want to challenge you in the next couple of weeks with what you think is rest is not what the Bible defines as rest. Just a little hint. The Bible says the times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. Not from mindless scrolling. Not from running your kids around like a chicken with your head cut off. This idea of rest is very spiritual. Because really, it's time set aside to be spent with God, not in this building, though. 
okay? And so that's something that we've got to get past. That's something we've got to see because when you understand why God told them, this is going to be your normal. This Sabbath is for you. It's not for me because it's going to identify you as my people in the world that you're living in. All right? So I want us to just take a moment to pray and just ask the Lord to begin to talk to you. Maybe there's something that you wrote down. There was something about that sheet that you realized, I don't take care of myself. I'm not in a good place. I ignore the red flags that are in my brain and in my body. And God is saying, you need to stop. You need to take care of these things. You need to prayerfully consider what God would want you to do to change. Not just for yourself. This is not just about self-help. But this is about being the best person you can be for your family, for your spouse, for your neighbor, and for your church, for the people who look to you and depend on you. We need to be healthy. We need to be whole. We need to have rest so that we can offer this rest to other people. Amen. Let's pray together. Jesus, I love you. I thank you for your word, the opportunity to be challenged, God, in every area of our lives. That it matters to you, God, what our mental state is. It matters to you how we wrestle with this gift of rest, God, that you have said throughout your word is your idea for us. It's your commandment for us. God, you made it a commandment because you knew we would break it. You knew we would ignore it. And so, God, I pray you get a hold of every one of our hearts. Lord, me more than anybody. God, I want you to tell me the truth. I want you to help me. I've got to be a better Christian. I've got to be a better steward of my time, of my physical, mental, emotional strength. There are people who need us. They need us to be well. They need us to be whole. So that when they are sick and they are broken, we can testify to what you can do in our lives when we live them according to your word. And so bless us and keep us. Cover Oxano this weekend and bring us back together on Sunday should you tarry. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Take the day off. Shabbat Shalom. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.